Hello there, and welcome to Perspectives with Nilo. A few months ago, I was fortunate to revisit Taiwan after a long interlude. Taiwan, also known as the Republic of China, is situated in the West Pacific between Japan and the Philippines. It's a country of about 36,000 square kilometers, less than half the size of Ireland, but with a population of about 24 million people. Not surprisingly then, it's more populous than three quarters of the world's nations, and like most countries in the world, there's an Irish community here. The Taiwan Celts GA Club was founded in 1995 and was the first GA club to be set up in Asia. Since then, many GA clubs have sprung up across the region, and in early October, they all got together in Kuala Lumpur to compete in the annual Asian Gaelic Games tournament. I tracked down the Taiwan Celts at one of their training sessions in Taipei prior to the Asian Gaelic Games to talk about the club history, the upcoming games and life in Taiwan. I first talked to Chris Walsh from County Mayo and asked him how the Taiwan Celts GAA got started. Yeah, so the, the GAA team was founded in uh, 1995, so it was the first um, Gaelic football team in, in Asia. Uh, so it was a couple of guys who came over on a FOSS program actually as engineers. Um, and while they were here, they were they were playing soccer and they were playing American football and they were meeting up with friends from different parts of the world and playing different sports and they were saying it would be great to have a, a Gaelic football team. So they gave it a go and they started out just four or five of them in a park and then they got some foreign other foreigners to join and some Taiwanese and, and then they were like, well, why stop here? So they, they knew a couple of other guys in Japan and they asked them if they were interested to start a team and they did. So then... I think it was in the following year, 96, they decided they'd host a, an Asian tournament. So I think that was in Manila and um, there was only you know, a handful, three or four teams there. So and it, it's, it's grown from there. I mean, now, 25 years later, there's you know, a thousand people, odd people who show up every year to the tournament in different cities in Asia. I think last time we were there, there was you know, around 60 teams you know, from the different countries. So men's and women's tournaments. So yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing tournament now. And it's kind of like the showpiece for the Irish in Asia, I suppose, yeah. And uh, here, this team here in Taiwan is obviously there's there's more than Irish people on it. It's from the, the accents and, and the faces. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So we we don't have the luxury. If you go to the bigger diaspora like uh, Singapore, Shanghai, they you know they'll be predominantly Irish. Um, although the ladies' teams tend to be mixed. For us, I'd say we have we've about ninety members, um, maybe seventy playing members, and maximum twenty percent of that are Irish. You know, again, particularly on the ladies' side. Uh, you know, we have locals, we have um, uh, Americans, Canadians, uh, <laughs> Australians. Uh, we tend to get athletes that, you know, from maybe contact sports like rugby, American football. We have Weston here. Uh, you know, we've got Matt from Canada, Ryan, who's a basketball player. So it's very easy for those guys to adapt to the skills. Um, and with the ladies, it's a it's a big social outlet. You know, you get, don't get the same uh, choice in terms of the sports. So again, we get really talented ladies, basketball, rugby, and ladies that just come down and want to try for the first time. You know, so it's amazing. Well, I never played football in Ireland. I think I tried in school, but I wouldn't play unless they found pink football boots. So I gave up after that. I found them, um, but I, I, I know it's the way to go when you're Irish abroad. Like I knew that from Beijing. Like you just have to get involved in it. Um, so the moment I arrived here, I looked up Taiwan Celts. Um, we, I had actually like met a few of them before at, at different football games in Asia. But my first training session, I was just like, God, we as Irish are so lucky to have this because you just constantly have like a family, and like after three years, like these are my people. Like we're so close and. Like I look forward to every Tuesday, every Sunday, but I never would have played football if it wasn't for Taiwan. I love it. 
I really love football. Like Gaelic football is, I, it's like a great sport. So I used to watch like football, and I used to go to the stadium back in Chile. But watching Gaelic football is like way more fun. Yeah, I wish like everyone could know about Gaelic football. To be honest. And how about the people on the team? Are they fun to play with and hang out with? Uh, it's good crack. <laughs> yes. I'm Prentice. I'm from Hong Kong. Yeah. And uh, you play uh, football with the Taiwan Celts. Yeah, it's kind of real football to me. Yeah, Gaelic football just for two and a half years, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Did you? Uh, did you know about the game before you you joined the Taiwan Celts? Uh, honestly, no. I was really surprised by the rules of the game, everything about the game. Yeah. And what? And do you like it? Uh, yeah, I like it because uh, I think it's the pace is very fast and uh, it's very exciting. That and it requires a lot of teamwork. That is great. Yeah. Um, so we train twice a week. Um, so Sundays and Tuesday nights. So yeah, I try to get down most nights if I can. But I was I was actually playing with uh, Hong Kong for the last uh, six, five, six years as well. Um, so you know there was, it's it's kind of a different setup there. Um, Hong Kong is more very very much um, uh, centered around Irish players. Uh, whereas here you can see there's a mix of all different nationalities. Just as the, the Irish base here is much smaller. But the great thing about this setup is that it gets so many different people involved in the club. Um, you, you know, all different nationalities, many locals play as well. Um, so I, I've been to the Asian Games, well the last one was in 2019, but I've been going every year since 2015. Um, so yeah, you get, I think the last one I was at there are I think there was over 20 clubs um, represented. Um, so yeah, there's quite a lot, and many of those clubs would have three or four, uh, sometimes five teams playing. Um, so you've got the senior level, and then down lower, you've got many clubs who are only local-based players, which is amazing to see local-based players just playing GA. It's fantastic to see. It's almost like a trip home. It's just a weekend of Irish accents, a weekend of Irish humour. And then even to see like the local players on our team, and particularly like local players in Kuala Lumpur and stuff, just like soloing a ball up the field. Like it's it's madness to see yeah. and it makes you feel such a feeling of pride. So yeah, we're all involved in it and we're all really excited for it. And how would you describe uh, Taiwan to people in Ireland who like maybe have heard the name but don't know much about it? Like I always say it's like the best little secret in the world because I feel like not many people know about it and I feel so lucky to have stumbled upon this little island because if it wasn't for that little random trip I would have never discovered it but it's in a sense like I find the culture very similar to Ireland in terms of like kind of banter fun like the people are very relaxed friendly it's a small island Ireland is obviously a small island so people are more you know open-minded and more curious and chatty and like that shows when you leave the capital and you go down south or to the west even and all that just the same as Ireland like people are more curious and chatty so I would I'd actually say it was very would be very similar to Ireland but obviously just the weather it's a bit yeah. of a killer so in that way it's different but that brings all the positive things like you're surfing in the in the middle of the winter like and snorkeling and you can hike like there's you can do absolutely everything here well, I'll tell you what the Taiwanese say. Uh, they always talk about convenience. So in every corner, there's a 7-Eleven. It's all about, uh, you know, it's a, a country about the size of Munster, so half the size of Ireland, with 24 million people. So everything is uh, concentrated. You know, obviously there's a whole lots of cultural stuff going on behind the scenes, but I think in general, um, you know, the people are, are, are generally welcoming. So is it convenience a and welcoming. Is it a safe place? 
Uh, in terms of like petty crime, um, 100%. I mean, you can ask any of our ladies, you know, we have a ladies team as well. They would have no fear on going out any time of the day or night, you know. Um, I mean, there's an underbelly like in any, you know, place, but uh, in general for petty crime, it's uh, fantastically safe. Yeah. It's very much uh, known, I think, more for like, you know, the high tech stuff, like chips and all that. Um, but obviously there's a, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, so yeah, first of all, would be the people are just like unbelievably friendly here. It's kind of a... It's kind of, a, I, I would describe it as like a uh, a mix between kind of mostly like Chinese culture and there's a bit of Japanese mixed in there as well. Um, but like everybody probably knows about the food here, it's unbelievable. Um, the infrastructure here is, is amazing too, especially coming from Ireland where, you know, we have the old cliches of, you know, the bus running once every hour or something like that. Here it's like, you know, you're spoiled for choice and it's like roughly what half the size of our country and um, so it's amazing kind of what they've actually set up infrastructure wise um, so like obviously public transport here is, is dirt cheap um, compared to anywhere in the world. Taiwan has been in the, the news a lot lately back in Ireland after Nancy Pelosi's visit and then of course the the Chinese military drills around the island and when I told people I was coming here uh, and I might be talking to some people the question that was most uh, to the front of their minds was is it safe with all that stuff going on? Yeah, I mean, I guess coming back to my point about petty crime, I think day to day, you know, this has been going on for decades, right? So you can see it yourself. I mean, we're out here on a rugby pitch and, yeah. you know, it's life as normal. When you go out in the streets, I don't think there's any apprehension. It has been very uh, front and centre in the media. So anytime you switch on the news at the moment, uh, it's there. But I think, you know, and to be honest, it's, it's more in conversation now than it ever has been. But I think day to day, it's just, you know, it's, it's like... I guess let's you know put it like it was in the Republic of Ireland when the troubles were going on. You know there was, we knew what was going on, but it wasn't a you know a, a serious impact on day to day. Which you know you, you can have an opinion on that was that good or bad, but that's that's basically how Taiwan is yeah. at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I remember sitting on the bus when I saw like the first missile notice thing. Some like three people from Ireland linked me it, and I looked around at all the local Taiwanese, and they were all just playing like Candy Crush on their phone, yeah, yeah. and I was there like looking at the breaking news, like panicking. And then I just saw everyone was so normal, like nobody talks about it, which to be honest can be frustrating when you're hearing so much from home and you're like, yeah. what's actually going on? But until they worry, I won't. I mentioned the GA was started in 1995, and you know. I read the notes when they set up the club, they have the notes on our website and during that they were talking about how um, China was threatening invasion at the time and there was a lot of, you know, so this has been going on for a long time. Of course it's it's worrying but, you know, we're all doing okay here and, and feeling very safe and life is good at the moment. The government in Ireland have been, uh, you know, very um, supportive of Ukraine, for example, in, in the Russian invasion. But you don't hear very much from them at all uh, on Taiwan. Like Irish people here, do they get support from the Irish government? Yeah, listen, when I first came over, I think you mentioned it, um, Niall, there used to be a trade office um, which has closed. So, I mean, you know, I guess if you go to any country in the world, people would tell you that they'd like more support, right? I mean. You know, there's, a, there's embassies in, in mainland China and um, in Beijing that for consular purposes and for visa purposes we, we go to. Uh -huh. But yeah, in terms of on the ground, I guess the support is quite limited. We're, we're probably lacking in Asia compared to other countries in that we don't have embassies in a lot of these places or we don't have representation. So the GA kind of takes the place of that in a lot of these countries and cities. Like for us here, for example, you know, there's no, we don't have a, an embassy or a trade office, but we do have a GA team and we host St. Patrick's Day events and, you know, tournaments and, and, you know, we've got, 
we've got people from you know lots of Taiwanese who joined the club but also from all over the world and I suppose this is their experience of Ireland and Irish people um, joining the GAA. And not having the, the local embassy or trade office, is, does that uh, present problems uh, for people here at times? Uh, definitely, yeah. I mean, for I mean, for Irish people doing business here, it's more difficult without the trade office, of course. But for us living here, we don't. Um, you know, it's difficult for you know even just consular stuff uh, to get access. We 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 go to Beijing, and obviously that uh, creates its own problems given the you know the challenges between China and Taiwan at the moment. So yeah, it is it is challenging, and you know it's something we we're regularly reaching out to um, the Irish government about, and 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 then trying to uh, get a little bit more support. Now we do get the GA team here. We get a lot of support from uh, Department of Foreign Affairs, and um, and also through the GA. So they have a. A joint grant every year, which um, you know they provide us with funding for the club, uh, and it's you know the club would, wouldn't survive without it. You know it's a huge help. So so on that side, they, they do a lot to promote and help us. Um, but of course, on the consular side or on the on the business side, it is more difficult without the representation. Yeah. I mean, any uh, Taiwanese business that would want to uh, connect with Ireland, right? Th th there's no visible way to do it for them either. No, there's not. And I mean, we're one of the few, I mean, European Union countries that don't have that. Um, so it is a shame and it's something we'd love to see um, in the future. And it's something we're all uh, we're all working on and trying to promote. But I think, um, you know, we're probably a long way off from that right now with everything that's going on in the world. Yeah. Would you recommend Irish people to come here for a visit or a holiday? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I my wife is Taiwanese. I had my family over 10 years ago when I got married. So it's a... You know, and again, we were discussing this the other day. It's a little bit off the beaten track, you know. Um, but but I'll, I'll throw in a, this flight's Eva Air to Bangkok, and you can get a very reasonable connection into tai Taiwan. So it's an amazing place to visit. I mean, fascinating. And the scenery. I mean, you know, you have a hundred peaks over I don't know what it is, two thousand meters or something. You know, when you, you say that to you know the uh, Karen Tool is what a thousand meters. So the topology, the people, the food. It's a fantastic place to visit. Yeah. And do the Taiwan Celts have any plans to visit? Ireland in the future? So one of the founders uh, actually was uh, Derek Brady. So um, he was a young Irish guy from uh, Bohermeen in, in, in County Meath. So he came and with a couple of others they set up the club here but um, Derek was actually tragically killed in a car accident here in Taiwan the following year. So that just after they set up the Asian Games. So we were hoping to have a, a 25th anniversary tournament for Derek last year but we had to cancel it because of Covid. So this year we're going to you know try to um, you know, just remember him at the games, the Asian Games in October next month. And uh, we're also hoping to bring uh, a Taiwan team to Ireland to play against his local club, Bohermeen, at some point in the next two years. So if anyone out there wants to uh, sponsor the cause, uh, feel free to reach out to us at the Taiwan Kells. You can reach us on Facebook or uh, through Instagram or any of the usual channels. That's Chris Walsh winding up our report on the Taiwan Kells GA team. And my thanks also to Mick McCannon, Rebecca Nugent, Ling Hernandez, Prentice from Hong Kong, David Horgan and everyone else I spoke to during the visit. I'm also happy to report that the Taiwan Celts won the Men's Junior Cup at the Asian Games in Kuala Lumpur back in October. So many congratulations to all involved. We're looking forward to hearing lots more from them in the future. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to follow our blog at pwnilo.com. That's pw. N-E-I-L-O dot com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at PWNILO. Again, that's P-W-N-E-I-L-O. Until the next time, thank you for listening. Slán Spanacht. <laughs>